Hello, this is Chuka on a new episode of We Talk Our Health. We focus on underserved communities. Today, we have Dr. Izoke on with us. Dr. Izoke is a gastroenterologist and he is going to be talking with us about colon cancer screening and a little bit about hepatitis at the end. Um, but uh, that deserves a whole episode on its own. So the focus will be on colon cancer today and screening, treatment, management, and enjoy. On to you, Dr. Is okay. But most especially, we're finding more colon cancer in African Americans. Um, we're finding more, uh, approximately 20% more of the general population. Um, even sometimes I see up to 30% more. In African Americans, um, is equally divided between male and females. But my theory is that it's probably because African Americans we don't have the resources, we have the cultural um, barrier because we're scared of the screening. Uh, we don't know um, what the age is. We're in, we're ignorant of the age, and so by the time, and of course Nigerians and Africans. Most people don't go to see the doctor till they are symptomatic. Even when most people are symptomatic, they don't go see the doctor. So most of the detection happens real late. And so most people, African-Americans, die from colon cancer. But actually, the survival rate of colon cancer is actually very, very, very high. So most Black people, the mortality of African-Americans from colon cancer is 40% more than the general population. And so that's why we're concerned about the incidence of colon cancer in African-Americans. So moving forward, um, the more risk factors we talk about is, like I said, red meat, smoking, sedentary lifestyle, and of course, genes. Uh, we find more colon cancer in patients that have a strong family history of colon cancer and colon polyps. Uh, the stages of colon cancer is we stage it with what is called the, tum the tumor, the node, and the metastasis. So the tumor is when you find it just in the colon. Then the node is when it's spread to the lymph node. The lymph node is, you know, when you have a fever and, you know, you touch your neck and you see that lump that comes out from your neck or from your hand, um, from your, you know, the armpit and from your groin. Those, we call it the node. So that's where your body drains um all the um all the germs and the inflammatory reaction that your body is fighting even if it's diseases cancer and so when you form those colon cancer your body tries to use the nodes the the the, the, the fighting organisms in the node to fight it off so when it's spread to the node we call it stage two or stage three cancer and then when it's spread to other organs we call it stage four which is the end stage of the cancer so we like to find um, colon cancer when it's still early, stage one. Stage one cancer is actually the best stage. We find a survival rate of almost 90% or more in patients that have stage one cancer. The more is far gone, the less are your risk of survival. So if it's stage two, which is, is starting to involve the nodes, then your survival goes down to 60%. If it's stage three, probably you can still have a survival of 50 to 60%. If it's stage four, then 
it's probably the survival rate is about 20 to 30 percent okay so any question at this point yeah so okay yeah my name is Nandi Madatris and um can you hear me yes I can hear you go ahead yeah okay. yeah uh actually I was I had um that episode of colorectal cancer in Oakland where was it so um just like you appointed uh somebody asked earlier that Check no. and all that. You really find hello, Nando. Yeah, where yeah, which part of your colon was the cancer? Um, it's um eighteen cm from my rectum. Okay, so that's what I said. Co uh, rectal cancer is more young people. Good. Okay, go ahead. Mm. Yeah. So, and uh, the the funny thing is that um, you wouldn't notice any symptom, and uh, when I was actually checked, because the only thing that gave me the symptom was blood in my stool. Mm -hmm. Uh, and when after the whole process I was checked, I did a, I did a endoscopy. It was like the the tumor has grown like some five percent plus. So it's kind of it was scary. But what I'm actually asking on behalf of others, one is how often, at what age, at what point do you kind of check? And two, yes, I did um, I did my surgery and then followed up with um, chemotherapy for eight sessions. So yeah, I'm fine. I'm still going for checkups. Now, what do I actually need to be doing? Or kind of, you mentioned the red meat. Yes, I've got them off and all that. Which other food patterns do I need to kind of inculcate in my eating habits to avoid a, a relapse or anything? Thank okay. you. You're welcome. Okay. So, um, so what stage was can what's what stage would you found in that? Yeah, I think it's stage two because uh, when they did the his pathology, he had already spread the relief notes. Okay, first stage. Mm -hmm. But that's good. Okay. Um, how old were you when it was found? 40. 40, okay. Okay. Yeah. And how far along? Sorry, not to not to discover. No, it's okay. No, it's okay. It's okay. Are you from the diagnosis? How far am I? Yes, from the diagnosis. How far? Like... How many years was it when you got? No, that was twenty twenty one. Okay, you know, so it's in September. Okay, okay. Congrats, congratulations, man. Congrats. Thank you, thank you so much. Mm -hmm. Okay, I, 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 I have, I, um, I, you and uh, Dilly, I have your, I have your questions. I will answer it when I get to that part. Okay, okay. So, um, so the symptoms that you have to watch out for colon cancer. One part of, uh, um, Nandi's, um question is so the most common symptom because i'm talking to young people below 50 um from you guys class so i assume most of you are between 40 and 44 45 so the most uh symptoms you have to look at is what we call alarm symptoms so in gastroenterology our alarm symptom because we take care of everything from um, the mouth to this to the colon so the alarm symptom most commonly in young people will colon cancer, which I said, mostly in young people below 50, what they have is typically rectal cancer, is blood in this stool, okay? Um, I have a young lady, um, I think I've, I've told this story, um, a doozy in our group that medical history doesn't smoke, doesn't drink, she's very healthy, she exercises five days a week, very, very active, and she was having blood in this stool for a year, and she ignored it. And so her husband was having the same issue and she came with him and I 
did a colonoscopy on him, he had hemorrhoids, but unknown to her husband, she was having the same issue and didn't disclose to him. And so she came in, I think she passed out one day in the bathroom. And so she came in, she was severely anemic. Her blood count was three. Typically, it should be above 12. So she has dropped nine points in the past one year. She didn't know. Um, so I did a colonoscopy on her. She had stage four cancer spread to her lungs and spread to her, uh, her liver. Anyway, long story short, she passed six months later. So the most common symptoms that you see is blood in the stool. If you notice blood in the stool, when you wipe, sometimes it can be from hemorrhoids, but if you see it in the toilet bowl for more than a week, you should see your doctor. And if your primary doctor says, oh, don't worry, your food is not your time, you have to go see a doctor to get a colonoscopy. Um, the second symptom is, let's say, you know, you go to the bowel, you make your normal bowel movement every day is you poop more than two times a day or you poop once a day. And then you notice that your, your stool has changed to like string, you know, like rabbit pellets or like bullet pellets. Then that's a symptom that something is going on. Um, sometimes it could be just something you ate, but if it persists for more than two weeks, a month, two months, three months, then it's time to get checked. The other thing is, um, abdominal pain. Sometimes when people have, um, cancer in the, in this, um, proximal part of the colon, which is the beginning part of the colon, because of the tumor is weighing heavily on their gut, they start feeling a lot of abdominal pain, um, loss of appetite. Weight loss, if you start dropping weight and you don't know why you're dropping weight, let's say you're not on a diet, you're not exercising like a dozier that exercises six days a week, um, or uh, chew, you know, chuka that, you know, very active, and you're just not dropping weight very rapidly, then you have to ask yourself what's going on. Um, then you have to talk to your doctor about that. The last thing is that if you go run your labs, and for some reason, you're iron deficient, your blood count drops. Let's say your doctor say, oh, hey, you're anemic. And then you see that you're iron deficient and you're like, I don't know. I'm not seeing blood in the stool. I'm not doing anything different. You see, you start eating a lot of ice and you start eating a lot of clay. You start eating things that are normal. Then it's time to see if you have any type of stomach cancer or colon cancer, then you need an EGD and colonoscopy at the same time. Okay. So any questions at this point? Yes, I have one. Sure. Hi, Rosemary. Hi, how are you, Dr. Guys name. Yeah. <laughs> now, are there any common symptoms or specific symptoms for female versus male? Or are these just generic symptoms regardless of your sex? Yeah, so for, for, for male and female, it's the same thing. But sometimes when, when um, females get iron deficient, you have to reason if you're still seeing your menstrual cycles, you know. Um, sometimes it can be from things from the female part, you know, like excessive period, fibroid bleeding. Um, so if you go see your ob and, and, you know, she says, oh, no, it's not from anything gynecologic related. Or even when you're pregnant, you could be anemic. And if it's not from any of those, then yes. But the, everybody's symptom is the same thing, except in females, if you're anemic, you just have to consider and make sure it's not like from, you know, period and female um, reproductive problems. Okay, thank you. <laughs> any other question? Um, you said something about 
pooping uh, twice a day. Mm. Does it have anything to do with you actually having cancer? The fact that someone poops um, often? No, 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 no. Uh -uh. No, what I mean is that if you have, if your bowel habits, you go like me, I go like three, four times a day. And then all of a sudden, I start pooping once or like I poop every three days. Then there's a problem. Then I have to ask myself, is something going on? Because that's not your natural habit. Okay. Some people go for a week. They don't, you know, some people are constipated. Okay. But if there's a rapid change, even diarrhea, even if, let's say you're going once every three days and all of a sudden you're seeing, you're going every day and you're seeing loose tools, then you have to ask yourself, you know, this is not normal and then check it out. All right. Okay. All right. Any questions? Any other questions? Okay. So, um, so the next, the next thing is you have these symptoms. What do you do? Um, so we call it screening for colonoscopy. If we say, if it's the first time you're going to see a doctor, um, to screen for colon cancer, we call it screening for colon cancer. If you're doing it again, we call it surveillance because you're surveying to make sure that the first time you did it was normal. Um, so what we recommend, um, mostly for screening for colon cancer is colonoscopy. Um, for those of you that don't know what that is, I didn't know what that is till I started having blood in my stool when I was in medical school and they said colonoscopy. I was like, what is that? But basically what it is, is, um, you get, you go see a gastroenterologist, he schedules you for the procedure. Um, they give you some tablets or some liquid to drink. And the day before you drink the liquid, you have to stay on clear liquid for the whole day because we don't want you drinking anything that has color in it because we want you to be cleaned out from top to bottom. So you drink that liquid, um, it cleans you out totally. You're gonna you're gonna go to the bathroom multiple times a day. And then we bring you in and put you to sleep. Every most people now do um, anesthesia, they give you propofol. Um, propofol totally knocks you out. Some people use another one called Versed. Some people use different things. But you're going to be totally asleep. And so they will go from the rectum with a long uh, tube, go from the rectum all the way to the end of your colon. So the reason why colonoscopy is good is that we look for polyps. Polyps, I like to say polyps are like vampires. So polyps, they look like growth on the colon. They look like grapes. We have three types of polyps. We have the benign polyps. They can grow anywhere in the colon. We have the precancerous polyp, which is they can grow to become cancer. And like I call them vampires. So what they do is that they start feeding off of the colon wall and start eating into the blood vessels and grow. And with time, they become cancer. And then there's another, the third one is advanced precancerous polyps. So the benign polyps will never ever turn to cancer, no matter how big they are. The precancerous polyp, they're called adenoma. They can turn to cancer in like five years um, or three years. And then the advanced cancerous polyp can turn to cancer in a year. So if they are setting size, then we say, oh, this is going to grow quickly and we'll bring you back quickly to look. So when we go in to do the colonoscopy, um, if we see the polyps, we cut it out. 
we either um, use a forceps, which is like a scissors to cut it out, or we use what is called a snare, a hard snare, and we'll put it in there and cut it out and burn it off, or we use a lasso net, and we use a lasso net, uh, throw it around it and cut it off at the same time. After we do, we put staples to kind of stop it from bleeding. Um, sometimes, you know, uh, um, from Dilly's question, um, what um, the risk and what people are scared of is basically the unknown. Nigerians, mostly, and Africans, they're like, I don't want to do it because I don't want to find out you have, I have cancer. So uh, if you have cancer, what's going to happen? You're still going to get treated. But honestly, if I do 100 people a year, I find cancer in only one person. And those people are already symptomatic. You just Most people that come, they're already symptomatic. So if you're having blood in the stool, changing bowel movement, and I do colonoscopy on 100 people with those symptoms, I only find one colon cancer. So the risk of you having something from doing a colonoscopy is about one in a hundred. And the risk of complications, even in the worst gastroenterologist is, the complication can be, you would go in, they can perforate your colon, you know, they can, when they take out a polyp, it can bleed, um, you can have pneumonia from just, you know, being put to sleep, or you can oversleep. Um, I've never had or heard anybody die from a colonoscopy. So the, that risk, you know, um, is very, very, very minimal. Perforation happens, but it's probably once out of 5,000 people. Okay. So that's not that bad. But what's bad is you putting it off, and then if you have colon cancer, it can go rapidly from stage one to stage four in a matter of months to years. So... Okay, must it be a colonoscopy? Can't we get this through some other kind of test? Yes. Um, yes. Um, uh, uh, Nikki, right? Yeah. Okay, Nikki. Yes. So, so, um, so the second, second part, sorry, I was getting a little bit long winded on, on the colonoscopy. So, um, apart from colonoscopy, the reason why we like colonoscopies, you know, um, like we, you know, in the military, we, we like to say, <clears throat> If you try, if you go in, if you're trying to go into a building and use the, the the infrared glasses, and you look in the building, you can tell it's a man or woman, but then you can't tell if he's black or if he's white. So all the other screening, they use they use a fecal occult and color guard. I don't know if you guys have heard about that, but the problem with color guard is that. Is like playing Russian roulette with your with your with your colon. So the way color guard works is that if you poop into the card, you give them a card, they send it to their doctor, and the doctor interprets that as a positive or negative. So what that tests is that you test the DNA and see if you test positive for DNA for colon cancer or colon polyp. But you have about ten foot of colon, and so when you poop on that stool card. If you have a polyp or colon cancer sitting in one side of the colon and you poop into that card and it misses that polyp, you can do that thing forever. And if you have colon cancer, it's still going to be negative. So I've had patients that have done it multiple times and they come in and I've done colonoscopy and they have positive colon cancer polyp. So what I'm saying is that um, color guard is good, but on TV when they advertise it, on the on the what was it called the the fine prints 
on the TV commercial, but they flash real quickly. So you won't see that. They will say color guard is 10 to 25% sensitive for detecting colon cancer. If you want to get a real picture of your colon in the way they say you have to do a colonoscopy. So color guard, um, color guard, they use it, but it's not as accurate as a colonoscopy. The other one we use is what is called flex sigmoidoscopy, but that one goes up to one third of your colon. We recommend doing that every five years, but if you do that, it's not going to catch the rest of the colon. Does that answer your question, Nikki? Can they do a blood test? I don't know. Um, I'm telling somebody. Can they do a blood test? The color guard. The color guard or the FOBT test is the same. It's the same thing, but they use this tool to check it, but it's kind of a blood test. It checks the DNA, but you call it. But then some people also do like DNA testing these days where they draw your blood and check like what is called CEA, CA99. And other battery of tests, but honestly, those ones they're not they're not as good to be it honest. Has to be a colonoscopy. Okay, thank you. Yes, colonoscopy. Okay. So um when do we start screening for colon cancer? Um, which is what? Um I think uh Nande also asked that. And what are the modifications you make to your lifestyle? Okay. Um so for people that have a history of colon cancer and if you have a risk of colon cancer the most important thing to start doing is smoking smoking big time um um good exercise we recommend getting on aspirin um aspirin has been proven in multiple studies to reduce the incidence of colon cancer and colon polyps um but the only reason why I don't recommend it is that you know, if you take aspirin, you can expose yourself to bleeding and all that stuff. Um, but if you're a real careful person, you know, taking aspirin can also reduce your risk of stroke, risk of heart attack, and then, of course, risk of colon cancer and polyps. So that's something they've started doing most recently, aspirin as prophylaxis. And, of course, high-fiber diet. But the only sure way to reduce the, the recurrence of colon cancer is colonoscopy. So we recommend, um, just for you, like Nandi, if you had colon cancer in 2021, we recommend doing it again in a year. And if it's negative, you repeat it in two to three years and then every five years. But if I had colon cancer, honestly, I'll be doing mine every two to three years, you know, cause I'll be very paranoid about, about getting it back. Um, we recommend starting the screening at age 45 for everybody it used to be age 45 for um, for African-Americans, but now it's everybody age 45 because it's becoming a disease of under 50 years old. If you have a family history like um, Nandi, um, you that was diagnosed at age 40, your kids have to start screening at 10 years and your siblings and your father, they have to start screening at 10 years younger than how old you were when you were diagnosed and every five years on the clock. So, um, your siblings have to start screening at age 30 and then every five years. The general population starts screening at age 45 and every 10 years. If you have a polyp, then you do it, depending on the number of polyp, you do it every five years or every three to five years if you have polyps. Okay. Any questions? So a question for me, please. Um, so if you have a family member who had like a benign polyp, does that mean that the chances of it being genetic is also there? That it may run in the family as well? No, 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 no. So it, 
so the, so um if you have like less than five benign polyps it's fine or even 10 but if you have more than 20 benign polyps then we call that um we call that um polyposis syndrome because too much of everything is bad so when that happens we recommend colonoscopy every year in people with that much benign polyp then we also recommend family members do this every three two to three years because that's what we call polyposis syndrome but if you just if your family member just has one to two benign polyps five to ten then it's not a problem and we're talking about family member like father mother brother sister okay but i like to be a little uh, more conservative. If your grandfather and uncles and aunts have it, I would just, I would just code it with insurance to make it seem like it's a immediate family member. So I like to tell patients, if it's any family member, just, just get it done at age 40 and every five years. So, um, sorry, I just want to clear Say, um, for me, my kids have to do it like at, at age of 30. When they clock 30, they have to do the yeah. screening. Your brothers, yes. And your brothers and okay. sisters. Yes. Oh, the one that have to do it um now mm-hmm. yeah. because I'm like um I have the elder ones, so that's why I'm actually asking. Yes, they have to screen already. They have to get it done as soon as they can. Okay, okay, all right, yeah. thank you. I agree. So, mm-hmm. so if he's if you have if you have colon cancer and your dad has colon polyps, so if they okay, so it's like this. If one person in your family has colon cancer or polyps, you start at 40. If it's two, then it decreases by five years. So let's say your father and mother have colon polyps. You have to start at 35. And then you decrease that follow-up to three years. If it's three family members, then you have what is called Lynch syndrome or familiar colon cancer syndrome. Then you have to start at 25 and every one to two years. So, um, so those are the, so those are the, and that's the problem. Like most people don't know their family history so well, and they just have cancer. And then when you bring them in and you're like, so did anybody in your family have colon cancer? Yeah, my grandfather had colon cancer. My aunt had colon cancer. And I think my cousin had colon cancer. So that's already three family members they have that they should have started screening earlier. And you know, for us Nigerians, we don't have such a good um history in our family and most people just die they don't know what they die from so that's that's the main thing with us having colon cancer okay any other questions before i go on to treatment and then that'll be it yeah just one quick question again sure. um where i stay healthcare is provincially regulated okay and um i believe in my province here the earliest age for screening starts at 50. Mm-hmm. So when you say 45, right? Because I think the only time here that we may be allowed to do that on the 50 is because of the history in the family. So mm-hmm. what? Uh, how, how can you respond to that, please? Um, so, yeah, um, I think most people with like socialized medicine, they don't follow guidelines. Um, they follow what the government tells them. And so, just like at the VA, the VA, they still do 50 because they follow, they don't follow research and they don't follow epidemiological studies, which is study of the population. So what I recommend to some people to do is that you can do it privately or um, 
it's going to get there. I think with time, if they start seeing a rise, or sometimes they base it based on the studies around um, the country. I guess you're in Canada. So this basis based on the study and kind of and and then they I think with time if they start seeing the increase in incidents, they will decrease it to forty five. But you know Americans are different. Americans um they consume a lot of junk food, they eat a lot of meat, and of course Americans also smoke a lot and they're very sedentary. So I think that's what's causing a lot of Americans to have colon cancer because of their lifestyle changes. So they might still have it at 50 in Canada because the mortality is not as high as it is here. And so, you know, yeah, but what I recommend to Nigerians is that doing it in Nigeria is actually not that expensive. If you know a good gastroenterologist, if you go back home, you can have somebody do it for you back home and then you just get it done if it's a good center, you know. But, you know, in, in African Americans, which is us, our incidence is pretty high to be taking chances, not doing it at 45 or 40. Any other question? Okay. So, um, so the treatment for colon cancer, um, uh, depends on the stages. Um, like I said, you know, stage one, which is, is localized in the colon stage two is that is in the colon and in the, in the lymph nodes, um, stage three is that is in the lymph nodes and is one or two organs and then stage four is that it's spread everywhere we call that meta metastasis um so stage one colon cancer is highly curable um st from stage one to stage three actually is very very highly curable like i said um the most the, the best the treatment for it stage one and stage two is basically colon resection and you know when you tell people about colon resection they get scared but the real fact is that I can take out 50% of your colon and you still be fine. Um, because the colon is just like a sink. You use it to drain water and whatever remains, you just throw it into the trash. So if I take out 50% of your colon, you can still absorb water. Sometimes depending on where it is, if it's at a vital part of the colon where there's a lot of limited blood supply, they will take out the, the tumor and then put it back there so that that part of the colon will get rejuvenated. And then in six months to a year, depending on how, you know, how okay it looks, they will attach your colon back. Okay. So I have a lot of patients that went through that. The story I like to tell my patients is that colon cancer is not bad. I diagnosed a lady that was 97 years old with colon cancer and she has surgery and she went home in a week and she's still alive. She's 99 now. So, um, Colon cancer is not that bad, you know. Um, the second stage two to stage three, if they do the the, the the surgery, they do a CAT scan, see if it's involving any lymph nodes, then they do chemotherapy, like Nandi did. Um, the chemotherapy, you can have up to like from five to 10 to 20 rounds of chemo. You know, chemotherapy is basically, they infuse you with IV and then some side effects, and the nausea, vomiting, losing your hair, you know, you feel crappy for a few weeks, but it's pretty effective. The chemotherapies are very, very effective. And then, um, if chemotherapy doesn't work, then they'll do radiation. Radiation and basically is if you can use chemotherapy to shrink the, the, the lymph nodes and make it go away, then you use, um, 
radiation to kind of blast the nodes and kill them off. And so um, you do that. Some studies are also finding that if you if you have stage four, they can go to the individual organs, like if it's involved in your liver, if it's involved in your uh, lungs, you can just go into the liver, cut that part of the liver off, cut that part of the lung off, and then resect the, the, the tumor and then do radiation. Um, most people survive. Um, but colon cancer pretty much is not as bad as stomach cancer is, it's highly curable. And so that's why we advise that if you start having any symptoms, you just, you get a colonoscopy done if it's colon cancer is caught early before it advances to stage four. Okay. So that's my presentation. Any questions at this point? Hi, Mr. Sorry, I just have a quick question. Okay, because I've seen blood in my stool before, but not consistently, like, I saw it um, like um, two or three months ago, like when I wiped. So do I need to go do a colonoscopy? Uh, you're asking a gastroenterologist. That's question, man. Yeah. Yeah, I need to do a colonoscopy. Yeah. How old are you? Um, 42. Okay. Yeah. I mean, honestly, man, it, it, it's just to, are you here in the U.S. or in Canada or somewhere else? Oh, Canada. Okay. So, um, you know, just like, um, was it Nik Nikita said, say something about being in Canada, but, um, you know, like the limiting factor is just them doing it for you. Um, but what, what I tell patients is that some, some people in the UK, I just tell them to go and tell them that your father had colon cancer, you know, and get it done, you know, because in the UK, if you say there's a positive family history, they will do it for you, you know? So, yeah, I mean, if you have blood in your stool, not, you know, it might be hemorrhoids, but just to make sure, you know, you can just tell them, you know, you have blood in your stool, your father has a positive history of polyps, and then you just get it done. And then if you do it, if it's negative, then the next time you're worrying about it, it's 10 years, you know. So, but I've seen also people that have blood in their stool, and I went in and they had a big polyp. It's not cancer. But it's probably that if you don't take out in a few years, it can become cancer. Oh, okay. 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 Thanks so much. Well, okay. Any other question, guys? Just uh, before before we round up, um, I know we're spending a lot of time talking about the colon, but just briefly, like in five to 10 minutes, can you just touch on, because I think it's more prevalent in our, in our, in Nigeria and Africa and low, low middle income countries in general. Um, the importance of getting screened for hepatitis virus um, C and B and then following that up with um, if you're positive for surveillance for um, um, liver cancer. All right. Man, that's another, that's another big, big, big different topic. <laughs> it's even worse than colon cancer, bro. Yeah, but... Um, um, the so brief summary, because I think it's not something that comes to our mind very frequently. Yes, very much so. So, um, uh, for people that don't have a medical background, hepatitis is just disease of the liver. Um, there's three, four, dif there's five different types of hepatitis, hepatitis A, B, C, D, and E. But the one we see the most in Nigeria, actually 40% of Nigerians is hepatitis B. Hepatitis B is, is very dangerous because you can go on 
undetected for years and um all of a sudden people developed full-blown liver cancer um um most times we get it from our parents you know our mom delivering the babies um in the womb and so you carry the virus and you don't know um, most times also when we're coming to the u.s to canada they check you for the hepatitis b virus so all those blood tests you do when you're going to the embassy has it but what i observe is that they don't actually check if you're carrying the hepatitis they check if you're immune to the hepatitis so that if you're not immune they'll tell you to go get shots for it so i think what most people misleads most people is that they say oh i've been checked for hepatitis but they check you for the antibody but you should be checked for the antigen which is if it turns positive then you have it the second thing is that if you have it do you treat it do you treat it or you don't treat it so when that happens you check what is called the viral load and if the viral load is positive or high then you check your liver enzyme if your viral load is more than 2000 and your liver enzyme is higher then you need to get on treatment for a long time and then you need to be checking yourself for liver cancer every six months with ultrasound so um most times um most most nigerians they don't know about it and then you know people develop cirrhosis of the liver and they start throwing up blood and then they have dead liver they need liver transplant and they're like oh my god why do i have liver cancer or liver cirrhosis i never drank i never smoked but it's just that most people have hepatitis b for a long time they don't um check for it um hepatitis c we don't see mostly because we don't use drugs nigerians are not iv drug users um most of us don't get hooked by needle by people that have hep c back home so we don't have that um, hepatitis A and E are just the ones we get from diet and um, exposure to like places where they have it. But those ones don't really cause a lot of problems, but very few times it can cause liver failure. So our biggest issues, um, like, you know, Chuck uh, said, um, we need to start screening um, in addition to colon cancer, uh, as you correctly observed, man, screening for colon cancer and hepatitis B is very very key you know um and when they check you they should check you for hepatitis b antigen not an antibody um which is um which is what checks for um immunity and not the active disease is that is that does that answer your question Chip? yes thank you thanks a lot all right okay guys thank you for having me and uh if you guys have any questions just feel free to ask me and you can get my number from chuk and ask me more questions yeah. Okay. Um, Rotary asked, um, are both screening linked? Um, no, not at all. Um, hepatitis B is, is a disease of the liver, um, which is a different organ from, um, colon cancer. But we've, we, there's a disease of the liver called cholangiocarcinoma that actually I see a lot in Nigerians. I don't know, Chooks, do you see it a lot? I've seen like four or five cases. Cholangiocarcinoma yeah, is, um, we see it a lot in Africa because it's associated with uh, a parasitic infection. Uh, okay. We see them, we tend to see more in Asians, but you know, there is um, a parasite that can also cause it in, that we don't typically know that we get. Mm -hmm. um, 
also smoking associated with that. So yeah, he's yeah. I have cholangiocarcinoma predisposed to early colon cancer too. From um, what we call PSC, um, primary sclerosing cholangitis. So, but no, rosemary, they're not linked unless you have that very rare disease called a uh, PSC, primary sclerosing cholangitis, but no, they're, they're not linked at all. Okay. All right. Thank you guys for having me and the toots. All right, man. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you so Thank much. much. Thank you. Welcome. Yes, sir. Yes, man. Thank you. Thanks, Okay. <laughs> All right, guys, that's that's it.